0: Hello and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. I'm the Mayor Greg Fisher. I recently introduced a budget to Metro Council that focuses on beating COVID 19, accelerating the city's economic recovery, along with reimagining public safety and creating a more equitable Louisville. Today we're going to get into the details of the reimagining public safety portion of the budget. And as public safety and policing in particular are at a critical crossroads, not just in our city, but all over the country, we're working to think more broadly about how to create a safe city that balances both violence prevention as well as accountability and response to violent crime. Joining me today are Deputy Chief Jacqueline Gwen Villarroel of Louisville Metro Police Department, and then Vincent James, our Chief of Community Building. So, Chief James, let's start with you. When we hear this whole concept of reimagining public safety, what's that mean?
1: What it means for me in terms of, is an incredible opportunity, I think Mayor, um, for our city, for our country. You know, this, these past 12 months, last year, was a very challenging year for our country. And I think it really awakened uh, our country to the fact that we have to do policing differently and we have to pursue alternatives. I think the fortunate thing for our city, you know, in 2013, that you had set up a structure and began that process in terms of alternatives to just law enforcement uh, with the Office for Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods. And the creation of that office is the very nature of alternative approaches to law enforcement because it's, it's there that you have an opportunity as you're focusing on homicides, suicides, and drug overdoses. You really have an opportunity to really focus uh, on the things that before it begins to happen before law enforcement gets there, or if law enforcement is engaged, an opportunity for the interruption of a violent act from happening. And I think investing in initiatives and programs and offices like that, and just like with our youth in the Office of Resilience and Community Services, you know, really working with the youth and building on a system that can really enhance all of the work of youth in our city, is that those types of investment is what I really think about uh, reimagining public safety. Because those things, that prevention and intervention provide safety just as much as enforcement provides safety.
0: So when we talk about that, we've introduced the concept of a six pillar approach to public safety in our in our city. And the first one is community mobilization to have an understanding of the systems approach toward uh, creating public safety. Then we have intervention. Mm -hmm. Then we have prevention. Then we have law enforcement. Then we have community mobilization, how we all work together to create public safety and then reentry is part of that. But so often, deputy chief, people just think about the law enforcement aspect of public safety, and that's obviously critically important. So I'd like you to address the issues both around LMPD's budget and how that's part of the whole reimagining public safety aspect, but then just this broader view of what's created to create public safety, not just law enforcement.
2: Yes, sir. So first of all, when we're thinking about reimagining law enforcement, um, we can't, we have to get out of this posture thinking that we can always just add more law enforcement to every aspect of this, and I, and I love the approach of looking at it holistically. And so, when we're looking at a holistic approach, um, again, law enforcement is so needed, and we need law enforcement to address the crime issues that we that are present right now. However, when we're looking at our need for our social services, like Ocean will provide, and dealing with our mental health, and we're dealing with those uh, individuals that are in crisis, and those those special services that are able to address those needs with those individuals that law enforcement cannot provide at that moment. Those individuals are critical. And so with that, and with our budget, we're now um, embarking upon with LMPD, which I'm happy to be a part of with GVI, which is included within our budget, which is group, violence involved, and where we're actually embracing that particular program, where we're actually looking at those individuals that have been involved in violence, those individuals, those victims that have been a unfortunate product of violence, and that we're actually going to those individuals and actually providing those services with Ocean, and saying, I need for you to understand that if this behavior does not stop, unfortunately, this is a road that you will continue down, and and unfortunately, your life may end. What can we do? How can we address this? How can we assist you and your family? Because again, when we're looking at violence. This is not just an individual. This is also to a community that we are addressing. So again, this is community. And so we're looking at the holistic part of it. We can't forget about the community. That's why as law enforcement, community, holistic services, it all intertwines and works together. And that's why we're here. And I'm so appreciative for that being included within our budget because it's needed. And so when we're looking at that, it's so critical that we're looking at law enforcement in another vein right now, because again, those services are needed as well as law enforcement so we can actually work together simultaneously. So I would like to say, Mayor, I'm looking at it now, it's like we're waking up the village of older days. The village now is the community now the village now is our social services, and now the village now has to be awakened with law enforcement. These are our villages. Going back to the old days where we're calling on everybody to be come to the table and let's awaken this. And so we, now we can impact and change crime.
0: Well, let's drill down into that, because you've done several of these visitations now as part of the GVI program. And so often people would say, well, you know, you're, that's a bad guy. We just need to arrest him and get him off the streets, and then the problem will be solved. Well, clearly what we've seen in America, that doesn't solve problems. So kind of personalize this for you. It's like, how do you decide who to visit? And then what are you finding the needs are when you visit that person? And what gives you hope about the program?
2: What gives me hope about the program is, first of all, when I'm going, and I'm taking um, some of my fellow officers with me. First of all, when I'm going, and I'm actually going in uniform, What's surprising to me enough is that when I'm approaching that home and I'm seeing that person that was a victim of a crime, the first response is not a negative response. They're actually surprised that I'm actually showing up and I'm actually checking on them and their condition. And so when we're going there and we're asking, what do they need? And I'm hearing that sometimes is I wanna relocate or I, my, the street light is not on and I'm, I'm not safe. And can you assist me with that? Then we're able to source that out to Ocean. And then they're able to assist with that. That's GVI, that, that is a part of that program because now we're getting now to the root cause that yes, they were a victim of violence, but now are they a victim now of circumstance? Is there something a little bit deeper? Now we're getting down to the root cause that may be an underlying issue that is there that we now can address, that we now can assist them with. So now the, the shield, now this uniform has disappeared. Now it's now becoming a human conversation. Now I'm trying to meet your need. And so with that, we're finding out that now we're actually seeing what is actually needed within that community that now we can be a part and help. And so now that has actually now help the community now see that law enforcement now that we're not just there to arrest a problem away now that we're actually there to assist the community to be a little bit better, so now to get that call back and say thank you for getting that street light fixed that that means something
0: chief James yes. uh, uh, deputy chief raised some interesting issues there because retribution can often comes out of violent crime mm-hmm. as well absolutely, so then we have Ocean, Mm -hmm. who is coming at this challenge from a different perspective.
1: Right, right, absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of times um, that, when you talk about violence and and you also talk about retribution and the opportunities for that, a lot of times that exists after a violent act. And so Ocean comes in, in terms to be able to interrupt what may happen. And that's when we connect with the individuals and share with them there's a different way. And that's u- using credible messengers that p- have relationships in the community, people respect in the community, to be able to have that conversation with them because they can share, I know what this, where this path leads, and we have another pathway for you to go. And then we share with them the opportunities and the services. And then it, we put them in a system in terms of what I mean by system it is an approach where the community, where government, where law enforcement all come together to begin to work together to be able to solve these very complex problems. But it takes an individual literally from a very high crisis moment in their lives where they could make a choice that would impact the rest of their lives and many others um, in a negative way, or they can choose a positive way. And so we try to show them with these credible messengers a positive way in which they can begin to change the trajectory of their lives and really help their whole family because now their family doesn't have to worry you know, a mother doesn't have to worry, is my son gonna come home? Am, am I gonna get that phone call that I don't wanna get that so many mothers have received, unfortunately, over this past year? And so we have an opportunity to interrupt that. Well, and the interruption of the cycle is so important. I mean, when you think about the trauma,
0: the immediate trauma that takes place within a family, the mm-hmm. multi-generations of trauma that might have come before or that could come after if we don't interrupt this. So Absolutely. When people look at this and just say, look, well, this is treating, treating criminals soft. I said, well, one, we reject that, but number two, we're trying to create a different present and a different future as well, so that we can be a safer city, be a safer country, because these challenges certainly are happening in Louisville, but they're happening all over the country as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're looking for new ways. Absolutely. Now, Deputy Chief, let's talk a little bit about a deflection model that's funded in this budget, about $4.5 million or so. We've quadrupled the amount of money that's going into non-law enforcement. Activities and some would call this non-law enforcement, but it benefits LMPD. So would you talk about the deflection theory and how that could impact LMPD?
2: So again, with Chief Shields and myself, that's that's not a new program to us. We've we've dealt with that in in our previous um, agency we've come from where as we're, we're looking at those individuals that can benefit from other services, that doesn't mean that they need to be incarcerated. It means that other services that they can benefit from, um, other resources, other help that will actually um, help them with their situation and other needs that present themselves. And again, um, everyone does not need to be, and again, incarcerated they need services, they need mental services, they need other resources to help them to get back on track. And so if those services are afforded to them and that they are able to regroup and actually become now a productive citizen within society, that's where we should be. That is where we should be. That is the type of city, that is the type of nation that we should be.
0: And so we want the right first responders showing up to the situation so so in the deflection model let's say there's a homeless person that's just wandering
2: yes
0: a lot of people call 911 say we need police here right away but really we don't need the police to respond so we'll 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 send someone else out to take a look at the situation understand it more and get that person the right amount of help they want to have now one of the benefits of that will be that the police can spend their time and attention on the law enforcement aspects that they're trained to do. Because frequently people will say, well, we need to hire more police officers. Programs like the deflection program make police officers more available for the law enforcement side. Because we've asked police officers in America and in Louisville to be homeless specialists, mental health specialists, uh, marriage counselors, All all things, which is not fair toward them, Mm -hmm. so this budget is trying to identify who the best people are to show up at the right time, and of course that benefits not just the community, but it benefits LMPD as well.
2: Yes, sir, and the timing is now.
0: The timing is now, and how how do you see all this coming together, uh, Chief James?
1: You know, one of the things I I like about um, something you mentioned earlier, and is talking about a holistic approach, you know, to addressing. Uh, violence in our community and to address a lot of the challenges that we have. Because one of the things I have the opportunity of having multiple agencies uh, under my scope of work as the Chief of Community Building, and so uh, the Office of Resilience and Community Services, you know, works in partnership in terms in particular when you talk about homelessness, we just created a homeless division with a mid-year appropriation. Uh, where we able to provide more resources to the homeless community and our citizens. They're, they are our citizens. And so the way that I see this working is more from a systems perspective where we are aligning our services. We are aligning the, the work that we're doing. We're in constant communication. You know, um, Deputy Chief Glenn, we we're talking constantly. I'm talking with Chief Shields in the work that we're doing. And we're working daily to try to f- to, to ensure that we're in alignment and in agreement in terms of how we're working together and how we can be more effective together. Um, and that communication is critical. So I see it as working together within a system that, that allows our community to get the very best possible service delivery that we can offer. And it's simply because we are now are working smarter, not harder. When we're talking about a system, right? And right? Some
0: people might think that sounds like techno speak, or what are you guys talking about? It's like what the, the analogy I like to present is, is like a car is a transportation system, mm-hmm. and it requires all of the parts to work.
1: And right. you can't
0: just say, well, I don't like the tires, so I'm going to not fund the tires. Right. Well, guess what? <laughs> that system isn't going to work. Exactly. Right. So when we think about this system of reimagining public safety, if it's just enforcement, or if it's just intervention, or if it's just reentry, it's not going to work. Exactly. We need that holistic approach, the systems approach, and that's what's being presented more aggressively in this budget that we have uh, right now. And all that being said, uh, Deputy Chief, you still have some people say, we need to defund the police. Uh, a lot of issues coming out of the summer and fall of 2020 relative to marches for uh, racial justice, officer-involved shootings have led to a lot of those issues. Uh, when you hear people say defund the police, what does that say to you as a career police officer?
2: That term, again, to, to some police officers, I'm being very honest, it, it sits negative with most, um, but from the heart, I believe some are saying we really want police agencies to look at policing different and take a different approach. And this is where we are and this is what Louisville is doing today. We're looking at it and we're being progressive and we're taking that holistic approach and we're hitting it and we're taking it by force. And we're saying now is the time that we're looking at it and we're looking at it 360 and we're looking at it the all angles and we're saying Now we're gonna seize the opportunity to make sure that we're bringing in all our social services, our community and law enforcement, and we're all gonna sit at the table and we're all gonna work this thing in a manner that it works for all. That is what that means now. That is where it means. It's not law enforcement only, it's every single component that makes this work in order for us to actually impact crime the way it needs to be and get this community safe and to make sure we stay safe. That's what that means. It means a different approach. Again, we're not going we're not in the process of making sure that we're we're working in, in silos anymore. No more silos. We're unified. We're unified. And Louisville, we're unified. And this budget is signifying that.
0: So it's I hear you saying it's about improvement. Yes sir. It's about reform. Yes sir. It's about accountability. Yes. Driven by uh, the voice of the citizens, yes. driven by our Hillard Heinz report, all uh, driven by our Department of Justice friends uh, right. as well, to where we think we have an opportunity to create a model here in our country right now mm-hmm. about what a new method of Police public safety is all about. Right. Police, safe and healthy neighborhoods, you know, everything from community mobilization to reentry, because the whole country is trying to figure this out right now. Correct. Absolutely. So when you take a look at some of our programs that have been successful, mm-hmm. we're just trying to scale them. So right. talk about, for instance, our hospital-based mm-hmm. Pivot to Peace or the Reimage program and share some of the results that we've seen
1: from those. We've seen some incredible results with, with our Pivot to Peace initiative. That's our hospital-based approach uh, where we provide intervention and prevention uh, work in, the, in that process, uh, partnering with the University of Louisville and uh, in, when we talk about this partnership, is really unique because we're working with doctors, we're working with counselors, we're working with case managers. Um, and they're actually connecting with individuals if they've been shot or they've been stabbed right in the hospital and beginning the process of helping them to understand what happened to them, number one, and why it happened. And here's how you can prevent it from happening again. And we have, I mean, just an incredible race that we've seen some 98% individuals when they go through this program that they're going to be successful and not return to the hospital. And we've seen these uh, just incredible numbers and it simply it comes as a result of intervening in that person's life at a, very, at a very critical time to help them to make better decisions and then put them on a pathway with the case managers to be able to help them to uh, down a, a better path than they would have been on it had they not had that encounter. And it's also to prevent that retaliation because a lot of times when you're sitting in the hospital, if you don't have anyone talking with you, you're thinking about the person who harms you and what you're gonna do when you get out of the hospital. Well, we're able to intervene at a very critical time and to be able to begin that process. And, and so with Pivot to Peace, it's, it's going to be able to scale. And what we're talking about when we think about uh, Louisville's gun violence reduction strategy and putting under the umbrella of a Pivot to Peace initiative all the work that we're doing uh, because we're wanting people to pivot to peace. We want to take them from violence to be able to live lives of peace. And how to do that, we have systems in place to help them to be able to do that. And you know, f- for an incredible opportunity to have the funding and resources that have literally tripl- tripled uh, this budget cycle in terms of alternatives to law enforcement and opportunities to be invest in these type of initiatives that we can scale that across the city. We've all seen the pain
0: that happens when someone, a victim of a homicide in the community, the anguish the, it impacts the family, the friends, the whole neighborhood. So some people might be listening to this and saying, you guys just sound like you're soft on crime. There's an economic cost to
1: these homicides as well absolutely you know when you you think about the economic side we you know we we have data that shows and and studies in various cities and we actually have a study that's happening right now in louisville to help us to understand how much is it costing us when you have a homicide and the economic cost you're talking anywhere from a million to 1.5 million dollars for a homicide and someone may hear that and say well how in the world does do you calculate that Well, when you calculate all the things that happens, when you think about the crime scene, when you think about what's happening, the very moment that the homicide takes place, all of the resources that are having to be given to that moment uh, in that time and in that space, and then you have someone being transported to the hospital. And when you think about that economic cost, when you think about uh, what's happening for their families and the funerals and especially those individuals who can't afford it, you know, somebody is paying for that. When you think about the cost of the individual who's caught and convicted of that homicide, that go through the court system. That's a whole nother set of costs. So you're talking all of these costs collectively together for a homicide, one homicide, you're talking upwards in the millions of dollars and we're paying for it now. I think it's a much smarter way to utilize the citizens of Louisville's dollars to invest in preventive measures as opposed to reactive measures because we're gonna pay for it one way or another. It's a lot more cost effective to be able to deal with it on the front end than having to deal with it on the back end with the homicide or, or shooting uh, that, we have to, that we will encounter.
0: And then of course, uh, Deputy Chief, when we think about uh, a stable police department with the best recruits, the best training, competitive uh, compensation, um, how do you evaluate where we're at right now and where we need to go with our goal of being the best police force in the country?
2: Yes, sir. And Louisville should be one of the best police agencies in the country. And with that, um, we need to attract the best and the brightest officers that we possibly can. And having them to be one of the best paid is is critical. And when we can get into that space, um, we will see the results thereof. And we should be able to attract the best here and to retain them. Um, because our community deserves that. And we should provide that to them um, because we we can see the results thereof. Because we want the best to be able to patrol our streets and provide those services to our community. And they feel that those officers have their best interests at heart. And that when they dial 911, that whoever shows up, and I stress that whoever shows up, that they will be provided the best service possible without fail and without reservation, without fear and without pause. They deserve that.
0: They deserve it and we want our current police officers and future police officers to be motivated and inspired by those words. Yes. Uh, Because uh, for many agencies that hasn't been necessarily the approach. It's like, we're in charge. We're here to enforce the law, and that's not been well received uh, or effective throughout many of our communities as well. So we're really at an inflection point here in Louisville. Unfortunately, due to the tragedy with Breonna Taylor last uh, summer, the eyes of the country were on Minneapolis, on us, and I think we owe it to our citizens and certainly Breonna's family as well to use this tragedy to show the country how we advance on police community legitimacy yes. and only the community decides that. Right. And the co-production of public safety that is represented in this system of reimagining public safety we have with this proposed budget. Yes. So we look forward to our conversations with the Metro Council and their support on this and the rest of the community coming together like they never have before to help us co-produce public safety and create these agencies that uh, we're so proud of. So lots of work left to do. Yes, But really appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you all today to talk about where we're at in the budget uh, process here in May of 2021. And for those folks that want more information on the proposed budget for fiscal year 22, which starts July 1st, 2021, you can go to LouisvilleKY.gov and check it out. In the meantime, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you.